Today, we have a super exciting guest coming all the way from the heart of New York City, Miss Nicole January. Nicole, thank you so much for being on the podcast. What's up? What's up, JV Studios? I'm super happy to be here, man. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite some time. I know in 2018, we teamed up on a project with Essence and Alta Beauty with you. And uh, since then, we've just been following your work, seeing all the amazing stuff you, you've been a part of and directed. And uh, super stoked to kind of let everyone who's listening learn a little bit more about what you do. So if you don't mind, I'd love to just hear your kind of your, your background and, and what exactly it is you do. Who uh, well, you know, it doesn't sound like it, but that's a pretty loaded question. <laughs> but um, I am Nicole January. My current production company is January First, where we focus on creating content. Um, we create IDA from soups to nuts. So we start at the process where we kind of come in and talk to a client about what their initiatives are for their the coming year, quarter, whatever um, they're trying to accomplish, and then we'll sit with them and ideate and see what kind of concepts and uh, creative initiatives kind of work and mesh well with what they're trying to accomplish. From that part, we're not um, unlike other productions where it's, you know, you get the concept and then run and execute. We're able to take what we've ideated with the client in partnership and take it and actually execute it. And uh, another little tidbit about that is myself as a director can actually take that idea that I pitched to the client and actually be the person to bring it to fruition on set case in point when we work together um i worked alongside you as your director and so um being having that kind of um journey with the client allows us to really have a voice from beginning to end i'm also pretty knee deep in post-production when it comes to things like that so in a nutshell that is what i do i'm executive producer director for commercials branded content series tv shows that we recently got into which we'll talk more about um but yeah that is kind of like what i do and who i am i hope that kind of answers yeah. your loaded question in a short form way <laughs> i i think you said it super concise and and what i really took away from that is that i mean you're pretty you're pretty involved in these productions and i think it's i think like you said it kind of separates from the traditional is that you are involved in those first conversations with a client that really you can really inspire uh, how the final product or just how the shoot overall goes versus just here's the treatment here's what we're thinking kind of plug and play make it happen right where yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i think that's always an interesting partnership because um it really depends where you come in to uh you know into conversations with a client when they have an idea um, and sometimes it is that right like they come to you with a treatment and they say this is what we want to do can you do it I think one of the lessons that I've learned over the years, sometimes you don't, you shouldn't just take that package and execute it because they don't necessarily always know what they want. And so to be that person and partner to actually be like, you know what, let me make it make sense for you. You know, like, and it, it's like, it might be a great idea and it makes sense on paper, but we, as you know, being in, in the video industry, we understand that like not everything translates all the time. And so it's, you know, it's our responsibility to be that voice and that, you know, uh, that kind of advocate to push through the margins and seeing what they really trying to say versus what they're saying and have right. helping kind of like sculpt and, and mold that concept and idea. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I think it happens even with us now is like, we're getting to that point where there is still influence, but I also feel like 
there are times where they they think they know what they want, right? And then maybe they see uh, the first edit and then all of a sudden now they know what they want. And it's like, right. we should have had these conversations. And, it, you know, normally it goes well, but it's like, it's, it's kind of what it could have been. Um, but I'm really interested is, I know a lot of your work, uh, you know, you've done stuff with Amazon, Food Network, Alta Beauty, Clorox, I mean, a lot of commercial brands. How did, how did you like find your style of directing? Oh, interesting question. I have this concept or this idea, I think that whatever project I work on, the style kind of unfolds. Um, when you look at my work, you'll realize that unlike other directors, not all of, them, all of my work don't necessarily have the same voice. It's the same baseline, right? Like quality, great, conversational, um, really narrative, like unfolding concepts, especially when it comes to black women and people of color, like that's our niche, right? Like how do we tell quality, high, um, uh, really authentic stories from that voice and that perspective? That is where my directing style hinges on. And when you really pay attention to making those stories unfold, you can't come in there with an overarching perspective you have to allow the story to unfold and the individuals that you're working with to be able to tell their story in the way and light that they like, you know, or who they really are. Because like before we started this, you mentioned um, being, you came out deciding that you needed to be something, you needed to be this host, you needed to kind right. of present as something that you think is successful, when in reality, the most successful thing you could be is yourself. And so- right allowing my talent, the people that are in front of my camera to really be themselves and unfold, that makes, I have to be uh, malleable to allow that to unfold and not being like, this is how I direct and this is what I want to see in this. There is that sense of partnership where I'm, I'm communicating because I have the overarching idea and, and concept and I see it all and I know how the vision can come to pass, but I'm allowing them to fill that picture and yeah. flowing with it. You being on set with me have, um, we worked on a pretty intense project together. Uh, it was a six episode uh, um, campaign for Alta Beauty and working with those six girls, um, developing that storyline throughout, following their journey because they're not actors, right? They're non-actors right. coming to um, a, being tossed into uh, a kind of like task, being given tasks and like this whole, overarching creative concept that they have to be a part of and like be, you know, step up to the plate with right. can be overwhelming. And here you have 20 people staring at you waiting for you to, you know, divulge like everything that's going on in your brain. And you're like, ah, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm freezing. So if I told them like, this is exactly how I want you to stand and this is how you come across and this is what it's going to look like. I think it would be, an, it would have been a tall order and a very, un, you know, unfair ask Right. right. And mm -hmm. so to stand there and say, like, OK, be yourself. Let me help fold the picture around you to really get your authentic story and get the 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 overarching campaign um, heartbeat. You know, right. um, that is is what I would say is probably my style when it comes to directing. I, I love working in partnership and looking at the story itself and allowing that to speak to me um, versus the other way around. Right. I think, I mean, your answer 
like and in, in working with you, it's it seems like you're really just an authentic person outside of the world of you know directing. So you you understand your talent and people on set as just who they are and not uh, what everyone wants them to be. And I feel like even on that shoot with us, you know, they were not actors. So it's like there there is that learning curve for them to try to be themselves, but also they're not used to that. So I think where someone like yourself comes in handy is is really making people feel comfortable and. Can you kind of talk about like working with non, you know, how, how you, how you've experienced working with like non actors and real actors and maybe the differences and maybe what you prefer? Um, interesting. Um, there's actually a lot more similarities than there are differences in the approach to acting and being a non-actor and, and performing on screen. But my style of it is also pretty similar. Like, let me think about this. Let me see how I can put this in words. Yeah. When you're working with a non-actor, you have to ask them to envision themselves in a scenario or take them to the moment that authentically speaks to what they're sharing. Right. And so my questioning and my positioning for making them relay something to me is always going to be prefaced with making sure that they're talking to me and putting their own emotions in that moment. There's a lot more reminding happening and there's a lot more um, making sure that they don't focus on anything else but me. And so to your point, uh, I, I remember one of my um, APs that I had years ago, she reached out recently and, and you know, she was like, oh, I learned so much from you. I've been able to incorporate it a lot with my current work. And I was like, I was just curious. I was like, what, what exactly was what that? Especially when it comes to non-actors. And she's like, a lot of times when you do these long interviews or you try to work with a non-actor, you know, you, it's very easy to zone out because you, you're looking for feedback. As an individual, if you and I are having a conversation, you're looking for like facial expressions and, you know, cues, verbal or audible cues of like your interests and like figuring out how to pivot when you were relating your story. When you're on set, nobody's giving you any feedback because you have to be silent. And I have to not influence what you're, you're telling me because, you know, I'm listening. I do the opposite. I'm overly animated because I have to give you what you're seeing. So behind camera, if we're having an interview, like I'll be like, I, I will pretty much be doing my my kind of, uh, what do you call that? Um, where you're like the actively comedic in the background so that right. they can kind yeah. of feed off of that and laugh and, and be like, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm having, I'm talking to a mime for lack of yeah. a better, better term of describing right. myself. Because, right, and like, and you know, you, you interact and making sure that they, they have those verbal cues to feel comfortable and keeping to share and then be like, oh my God, and then this happened. I'm like, really? Like, you know what I mean? Because I can't talk. Then there is a sense of flow that starts to happen, right? That can't, a lot of people forget that that's that. And so they'll stay with their paper and like, okay, and next question, and then wait for them to answer. And then next, you know, and it's like, okay, can you, can you say that with a lot more joy? Okay. You know what I mean? And so, and, and it's very difficult to, to be able to tap into your authentic self when somebody is not there to receive it on the other end. 
right? And so that's what I try to do with non-actors. With actors, as you know, there are the two acting styles, right? And when you, and you're an actor, you still have to do the same thing. You're just trained in it. You still have to take yourself to, what is it called, this Slonovsky, Slonovsky um, uh, technique, where you have yeah. to take yourself into the place or emotion and ground yourself in it in order to relay a character's expression or emotional stat, um, you know, status, right? So it's exactly the same thing. It's just, they are not trained in it. Um, so I don't have to remind an actor to do that. But what I can do is give them what I, what I found the differences are, I have to give them, sometimes they might not have experienced that specific um, instance where a non-actor can go back to the exact moment what, that they were laying, an actor might not necessarily have that exact moment to refer to. So what you do is you, you have to think fast. What I've noticed myself doing is I have a very vivid imagination sometimes. And so my, my correlation to things can be really weird. And so for instance, if I, if, if we have to talk about something like you're, you're experiencing, I don't know, you're drowning or something like that, right? Like how do you express drowning without like being dumb or not having an authentic expression when you come back out of the bathtub or whatever, you know, like right. I'm just envisioning this very dramatic <laughs> scene where you're like trying to drown yourself in your bathtub dark. I know, but stay with me. Right. Well, how do you come out and really find yourself like showing me that initial reaction of what you were thinking of just doing and then being in that moment. Right. And so now you have to find a moment in time where you just, you probably lost somebody that you love the most in your life, right? And in an okay. instant, you 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 thought they were gone, and then they're there, or something like that. Think of your now. Take yourself in that position. Put yourself in the body of the person that you've loved the most in the world, and now view yourself through that lens, right? Which is difficult to do because we don't see ourselves like that every day, unless we're reminded that right. you should be that person that you love the most in the world, right? So now you have this individual. And you're, you're allowing yourself to transport yourself and viewing what you just did. And so that initial reaction of seeing yourself, right, it puts you there. Yes. So I, I, I think as a director, some um, at least for me, my whole entire collaboration or partnership with the actor is to provide scenarios and instances that they can open their imagination and have a um, kind of like a transporting, you know, vessel. Right. Because it's difficult to come up with that when you when you remembering your lines and you're trying to do all these things at the same time and you're wondering, do I look attractive right now? Like right. it's my job to provide vivid, you know, descriptions and scenarios. And sometimes I have to pull you aside and say, like, let's let's spitball, you right, know, right. like let's that. And um, so it is It is very interesting. And I think the, the times where I haven't worked with a lot of actors, but the times that I do work with actors, that has been my experience. You know, it, it's been um, pretty similar. It's just one is trained, the other is not trained. Right. And sometimes the vessel of transportation is completely different. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, you. that was uh, an amazing answer, by the way. I, I think really like hearing what you said, it's like you, you like to paint a picture you know? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, versus just reading off a prompt say you need to smile more, you need to smile more. It's like, how can you make them laugh? Right. How can you bring them to a spot where they feel happy because they need to be happy. And, and, uh, and I think that's something unique about you. I feel like when we even worked with you, I mean, we were laughing all day on set. I mean, that, that shoot was high energy. It was exciting. It was, they won a contest. So like, 
that energy had to bounce back, right? And so I feel like you did a great job just keeping the keeping the morale of the whole team just high, you know? It's like there's no room to, to be unsure and to kind of question stuff, and, and I love that. <laughs> and so where I want to kind of take this is, so that's more people on camera. I'd love to hear as a director, when you get, uh, you know, a uh, project came in, it got approved by the client, it's time to find the crew. Uh, how, do you, how do you go about finding the right production team for the project? What do you look for? Um, it's, that's a really interesting, uh, not just question, but pain point, I think, across the board for a lot of people that have to crew up, right? Because it's not just how great you are, right? Like how you said, it's, it's how well you work with others. It's your chemistry that you have with people. It's your eye or not your, you know, like it, there are so many different factors that come into play. So when you are put in a position where I have to find a DP, like I have several DPs that I feel like I call them my work husbands and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it, it works out, right? Like I've become so um, comfortable to be able to be like, all right, you understand, you know, what the vision is. We have a similar eye. You're very technical. You're this, et cetera, et cetera. Even with our experience, which is a great example to utilize, it was our first collaboration, right? right. And so we had to figure out our dance, right? Like we had to figure out like, how do we, how do we communicate? And, but we, we clicked off the bat, right? Like right. we went through our, our walkthrough we had a couple of conversations. You understood where I wanted to go with things. And from that point of end, I have to trust you and what you're able to bring um, across as a DP producer, you know? And so um, I think for myself, when I look for talent right now, it's a lot of word of mouth. It's a lot of sharing resources, uh, asking people you trust, I, I think it, because if you have chemistry with one person and they, you know, uh, confirm another chemistry, you know, a person uh, with chemistry, it's it's easier to 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 um, pass that threshold. At the same time, I I believe even though I have not been uh, as much of a, a user of Instagram when it comes to my work, I'm trying to do better. It is a really good resource to find new talent to see what who's doing i think it's great what individuals have been doing lately which is posting their whole crew members i've been utilizing that i think especially when it comes to certain things like all of us do like oh we need a we need a post producer we need you know who colored that that's you know who did x y and z was a dp on that was that the producer great let me go to their website and so I feel championing each other in this industry is is uh, is very important. Absolutely. Having uh, making sure that you're always you know your your work is represented in a way that you know speaks to what you want to do more of. I, I've seen a lot of people being like, "This is what I've done, but I want to do X, Y, and Z." I've been at fault of that, which is you know we all want to do certain things that we've not been able to. Um, been been awarded to do yet but we have the capacity to do it right then share in what ways you know you can tap into that and expand expand that and where and what could kind of be used as a parallel to where you could go right so say all that to say lists have been a huge resource um and you know we can i can share a couple that i've been able to tap into 
Yeah. There's been um, there's been apps like Creatively um, Working Not Working, who recently sold to Fiverr, <clears throat> which That's is an interesting cool. partnership. But there's 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 a lot of um, groups on Facebook that are also really you know like that's a great resource as well. Uh, I've recently like even with those groups, reach out to the owners or people that started the groups and ask if they have a database. And I so see. a lot of times when these posts go out there's a tallying that happens on the back end and you don't have to keep asking or posting when you have a, you know, when you, when you down on your luck and need somebody by tomorrow, you know, you have a database. And so um, it's also been, you know, beneficial to over the years build that database myself, you know, and, and sometimes you have to highlight red and be like, I can't work with this person again. You know, I can't. And so you have to keep your database up to, up to date as well. But long answer to your question yeah. uh, <laughs> i guess but uh, to, through multiple different ways when i find a good relationship i like to keep it and grow it and see where we can eventually collaborate further on and i also love you know trying to find new relationships and trying to see how you know we can all be great yeah so. no it, it really like what i took away from that is that you know it's experience and obviously having, you know, knowing how to do the work is, is huge. But again, like back to your thing is like, it's, it's, it's working with people you work with building synergy with, with people like with JV, you know, we definitely have like a core team, you know, and then uh, there's definitely moments where we bring on new people and try new people out. But for the most part, you know, we, we kind of keep a tight crew because you build that synergy or like you said, you have that eye, there's a lot less kind of like this is this, and you, you kind of just are on the same page, but at the same time, I do think it's important to constantly try to keep a fresh database and try out new people because people specialize in different things. And I think we're at a spot where, you know, we've been kind of taking, you know, I think we're, we've been doing a lot more commercial stuff, which is something we've really been wanting to get into, but it kind of comes with a different standard and different uh, styles of shooting. And so it's kind of like relearning it and sometimes bringing on new people, it kind of brings out a new element in yourself. So I, I, I love that. I love that. I think, um, I want to kind of piggyback on like I want to go go to Nicole's early early years, right? A lot of your work uh, on your website it's very lifestyle driven, it's commercial, it's super polished, it just looks like a breath of fresh air. Can you talk about like some of the projects or just how how when you were younger, like how you got <laughs> you know like what were some of the stuff you know things you did to get into the commercial? Were you creating specs as a director? Were you filming stuff? Were you taking yeah. stuff off Craigslist? Taking stuff of Craigslist, definitely. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like an interesting mosh posh uh, of things, to your point, of the list that you just ran through. <laughs> but when I was in college, uh, I was running around with a co- with a camera all the time, and I was able to convince some of my journalists because I had a minor in journalism, and I. I go figure, I hated writing. And mm-hmm. I was able to convince them that I wanted to, that, that the industry was going to more of a digital platform. And, you know, everything at the time was, this was like early, I'm not gonna, I'm giving away my age, aren't I? But <laughs> this was like, Sorry. this was like in the beginning where, where a lot of journalism and like newspapers, like the scare of newspapers being, being starting to um, be archaic and that everything's going to move to a digital um, realm and that everybody's going to have to know how to use a video camera, et cetera, et cetera. 
So uh, they allowed me to certain things. Um, I don't know how I got it right, but I was able to um, present some of my my stuff in in a, in a form of of interviews and cut together pieces. And instead of writing a piece, I had great interviews. And so because I was a really I'm really strong with creating questions and doing right. interviews. That's like where the journalist love of mine came into play, not necessarily sitting there and writing and dictating to you whatever right. was said. And so I was able to translate in that, that realm. And I remember one of, I think I, it was a linguistic um, thesis that I had to hand in and it was like, uh, I, I forgot what what I was doing right. or what the, the topic was, but I remember it was probably I, I thought I was going into docs and I did it beautifully at the time. For some reason, I was like living my best life in New York and I was young. I was going out a lot. So I was meeting a lot of people and my doc was filled with semi celebrities and high tiered like um, executives that I was able to kind of like ask friends of friends to kind of interview based on this thesis that I had. And everybody was great and, and kind of like gave me the day, the light of day. And uh, the teacher was so impressed that she wanted to hang on to the NPs to kind of like show future people coming in. This is what this project can be. And this is how you really dive into the linguistical attributes <laughs> of the subject. And that series of interviews led me to meet uh, an individual that was really inspired by the way that I interviewed them and the way that everything came together that they like, Hey, do you want to, like, I have a project that I'm trying to get off the ground. Do you want to just come meet with me and we can talk and have X, Y, and Z. And I was super excited. And I went, and at the time it was the manager of this band that started like this indie band nice. and he played the music. It ended up when he played and I heard the voice, I was like, is this this person? And I was like, I realized we were friends like years wow. ago and like, I knew them. And so I was like, heck yeah, I'm on board. And I ended up creating music videos and content for this band for like over the span of a year or two and it's like you can still dig on youtube and find it sometimes i'm still a little impressed that i did all of that by myself with one camera but uh, i was super excited and 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 just eager to be able to tell these stories and for me i love music and i love videos and being able to tell the story of what was what the artist was thinking about through visual imagery was great it was a great opportunity I was but I was by myself with one camera right however that afforded me an informational at a network and so that would being able to showcase to them like this is what I've been able to work on they like by yourself I'm like yeah this is what I did da, 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 blah, blah, with no you know that I didn't have like a PA or a gym or right. a AD or you know like I was like it was just me shooting all these things and I remember this the, my favorite piece was we were I was going to Miami with a couple of friends and I had my camera out from the day, time I got on the airport till the time we left to what the last day on the trip I told them hey guys I was shooting a music video nobody knew and so the entire time I was creating scenarios or like following certain moments you would think that right. like they were a part of this like acting process oh and the God. only time the only time that they were acting was like I was asking my friend and her boyfriend to pretend like I was like when I told them they were got so excited I got a toy gun they had to shoot she he had to shoot her at the end <laughs> um, 
dark. But like that was the only piece that I was like, and this was like a cover of If Six Were Nine by Jimi Hendrix wow. that they did. And um, at the end, he they had to like shoot, you know, he had to shoot him. So they were part of that piece. And I had the wow. blood splatter all over the screen at the end. Oh, and so like those it, exciting little like experimental pieces that I did. And just because I was so, uh, I, for the love of the art, actually afforded me an informational that got me my first gig at a network it was at MTV at the time. And that spiraled into going from one project at MTV to another, to BET being, you know, tossed around in the Viacom realm. That transpired me getting, um, working on my first couple of commercials because they saw, you know, that I was driven and was just trying to learn everything. I was first one in, last one out always. Wow. And I was able, that's why I'm like, it's, which is a story for another time, but yeah, yeah. we have to put in our work. Like a lot of people be like, they asked me to do so many different things and I'm tired. I'm like, yeah, that's, a, yeah. you know, that's production, but we'll talk yeah. about, about my perspective on that. Yeah. However, went in and I was able to get into Essence, Essence Festival at the time as a coordinating producer. I would then work my way up after four or five years to be um, the head of production um, at Essence, so um, Essence Festival. So I was running uh, not just ahead production, but the head of video. So ideating and shooting and creating content for pre-production during and post content wow. for the festival, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with Essence Festival, but it's like the biggest festival in the United States, 400,000 people throughout the, you know, wow. the three day period. Um, and so that was, um, that was kind of what propelled me because it was like, I, I was able to really beef up just the way that the content that I was able to create and how to tell stories by stay, sticking to an initiative and still being able to monetize or helping your client monetize. Um, and that kind of helped me get in front of partnerships. Like a lot of brands have partnerships with media companies. And so that was kind of like how I did my first, you know, branded content series. I think that was also at the beginning um, of branded content. Branded content is not as old as we think it is, you know, like yeah. a lot of times like commercials was commercials and it became, you know, big when, when, uh, in the, you know, when we started creating content that was that people try to, they like, they, they like the fact that commercials were the product was hidden within the message, right? Not yeah. the, the message hidden in the product. <laughs> like, right, and so, right. um, that was a time where I started falling in love. I was like, Oh, I like this. I, I actually like the way this moves. I like the conversation around, you know, natural integration of a brand. And I pivoted into that. I started doing a lot more of that case in point, what you see on my, my website today. Yeah. And so yeah. here I am at another, you know, crux in my career where, I've pivoted more into series and, and TV shows and I'm, I'm super excited about that next chapter. I can't really relay what we've been working on, but we've been working hard. I, I didn't imagine it would be this much, but wow. <laughs> I'm like, and you know, starting out full circle of how much I didn't like writing. I am writing the most that I've ever written. Wow. In my life. So That's, it's quite interesting. It's, it's cool to see the roots kind of, yeah, tie back in. And, and uh, I think, I think you have to, to get thrown into it when you're young and and you're looking to get into something i mean for me i started making youtube videos in high school when i was 14 and i was like wow. you know i was getting made fun of or i was everyone's like i love your videos right and it's just like 
to see that to be able to reflect and see where it started i had friends from high school that are like you're still making videos now but like a whole different way and it's like it's consistency but it's putting that time in it's learning it's like you know it's wearing a lot of hats and it's putting in that work and it's not going to come easy and i just think you know i think you should be proud just to see like it started i mean i actually worked at a newspaper in my college too i made a documentary my senior year and and to see that to, to be able to look back and and see probably so much you would have done differently but oh. the, the power of uh i had another episode with someone where we're like we talked all about like how the 7D and the 5D Mark II was like the camera. It was like the only camera I did that. Oh my 60 God, frames I still have the 7D. I still have that 7D. 60 frames at 720, like you were in, like you were doing it right. <laughs> but like at that time, that's all we were doing. It was just DSLR, just point and shoot and just like not thinking about anything, just creating and to see the evolution of how some people grow and stick with it and really find their purpose. Uh, I think it's beautiful. And and I think, you know, you're just getting started in your career. I feel like you're about to do some cool stuff. I'm tired already. Uh -oh. I know I love to hear that. And I guess uh, to kind of go along like the whole directing theme that I want to stay on is you're on set with the client. Everything's going good in pre-production. You have everything. The vision's there, right? You get on set. <laughs> you get pulled off to the side, the client's like, Hey, you know, can we change X, Y, and Z? How have you had, A, have you had those situations and B, how, how do you handle just keep, you know, keeping that composure and staying professional and, and, and obviously, <laughs> you know, making sure the client feels honored. Of course it's happened. Come on. I know. Like... If, it did, if it didn't, right. Yeah, right I don't, like I don't know anyway like I'm, I'm curious if you once you when you ask that question to somebody and they come back and say no it's never happened everything is like completely ever gone according to plan like please introduce me to them because I, <laughs> I will I'll think about but, it <laughs> but um yes definitely I've there's definitely been even moments I remember this one time like shooting a campaign um a multi-video campaign and the client was on set and they, you know, it was a pretty big team of, you know, clients. This was before COVID where nobody could be on set. And so yeah. everybody was there and everybody, you know, wanted to be um, super involved in like how everything pivots. And there was a lot of things, I think, that the people that, you know, you met first time on set weren't a part of the conversations or didn't relay certain things ahead of time. And so... Um, whatever, you know, the, the conversations were that were approved all of a sudden, there were things that they thought it was not there. Um, so the day started pretty tough. Like, I think because, you know, you were confronted with like, so where is that? Where's this? I, you know, like I, for me, that's not a stressful situation. That's just like, okay, you have the brand's best interest at heart. And so do I, please let me know how I can be successful. And so, um, I incorporated, I, you know, I took in whatever they were saying and I had to pivot real fast and figure out like how to change certain lines or try to, you know, um, seed the talent to kind of like have different talking points um, and let, then figure out how to change framing. You know, um, there's right. many times that you thought something would work ahead of time that doesn't and you cannot be in this industry not ready to pivot, not ready to be um, okay to understand that things aren't going to go exactly how you've envisioned it because then I feel you break things more than you ever be able to fix it or even grow. Right. I, so I've learned to not to disconnect 
as hard as that is, because, you know, there's uh, a lot of discouragement that definitely comes with that when you, you know, what will be great and you know how to do it. And somebody doubts you or thinks that their way would be better. And when you do give in and then they question, you know, like, Oh, this is actually, yeah. Now it looks like it's you. And it's like, but that was your idea. You have to like, stand back and say like, okay, so let's figure out how this could be more of what you were looking for. I think composure and being a partner to people is the, your biggest, you know, it's 80% of your job. And so as a director that works with clients, and I know a lot of directors, and it's probably different because I tend to be producer a lot of times as well. So um, a lot of directors can be shielded from that conversation, you know, and they could be be adamant and wanting to see what they want to see. I don't have that luxury. I have to be there for my client and make sure that we're partners and getting the best product across. So um, I don't see my clients as the client. I see them as my partner when we go into these realms. And uh, the best clients are those that are closely connected to you during right. the process and not uh, wagging their fingers, but like really trying to understand like this is these are this is who I'm. It's almost like a marriage, right? Like you know, right. you don't go into the battlefield looking at your spouse like we need to change this and what are you going to do about it? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you go in and say like, I want you to win. I want this to be the best, you know, undertaking. How can we kind of partner um, on our strengths? Because I know this, you know that, we figure it out. Yeah. Um, I do believe that those conversations are best definitely had weeks prior to being on set. Right. It definitely happens when you are on set. Um, and you either have to be very confident in denying or declining their advice and knowing exactly that you're, what you've planned to do is still meeting that initiative, right. or you have to take into what they have to play. And there's definitely been times when I had to, um, had just be a little stern to it with a client in a very nice way of being like, no, I got this, you know? Right. I know exactly yeah. where it's going to go. And uh, like, I'll tell you probably 90% of the time they'll come out and dab me, we're like, Shelby, like, you were right, you were right. I'm like, bet. You That's know, right. and so it's also just that confidence that you need to build in yourself and your client, and your client has to build in you um, right. to know that, you know, not, don't just like, give me a second, you know, like, don't just need, <laughs> I love that. Have need to, um, to change everything. Like, we're still going to where we said we were going to go. You know? Right. Right. No, I, I, I sit with that completely. I mean, it's happened to us recently on some shoots and, and I think, it's, again, like you said, it's always for the best intentions for the brand and for the project. But you have to you have to know your boundaries is like you are being hired to do this. You do this for a living. It's the trust, but it's also, you know, it's not letting them, um, you know, it's almost like questioning it as well and not just being super submissive. Like, oh, totally. And then next thing you know, because at the end of the day, when they see the final product, maybe isn't what is it? They're not going to remember the moment on set. <laughs> They're going to remember the Vimeo player watching the video saying, why well, I, I thought we were supposed to do it like this. So now I love that kind of having that healthy boundary of uh, being able to just be vocal, your client, but also you're on the same team. And John and I were always like that, you know, when we're on set, we're all a team. We're all, we're all the same goal in mind. So I, I really sit with your answer. And I love that. Um, as we kind of start to wrap it up, I always like to ask, you know, young, young directors, young Nicole's, you know, trying to do you, if you, if you had a piece of advice for someone looking to get into directing, I'd love to hear that. Something you've taken away. 
I think um, a lot of people probably have done this faster than I was able to do. And what I would have told my younger self or another younger Nicole uh, is like, don't hide behind what you think it should look like to be a director or what you think, you, you know, like the, the work that you need to do because what you do is not gonna look like everybody else's and it's not supposed to. And you slowly but surely have to have confidence in your niche. You know, there's different ways where I needed to find and see like where the height of my strengths lay, you know, and it's gonna look completely different from another director. And it's definitely a journey. You know, I think everybody right now that's a new director and I've seen it so much, everybody, like everybody's work is visually like gorgeous, right? Like the appeal is there, but there is so much, that's like the, the tip of the iceberg. There's so much down here too. And I think a lot, like what I've actually seen, um, which is interesting because I've worked with directors as well um, as like creative director or, or you know, um, EP on projects. And I've seen that there's a lot of steps that are being skipped, you know, to rush for this visual like payoff. Right. And, um, I would encourage young people to walk with intention to discover their voice so that they can support it when that fad is out, you know, out of touch or where you not just another picture in a deck. You come with a lot more, you know, to offer when it comes to bringing your vision to pass and how you be able to um, construct it and also like understand, you know, what you're underlying vision is for your career as a director right like where are you doing this in on your way to something are you doing this um to build to this piece you know so or are you just doing it because it's cool right now you know so um I think it's not uh, as deep, but it's very, you know. <laughs> I, I think it's deep, girl. You got, I love it. I think everything you've been saying has been beyond, beyond kind of what, like for me, for me, I, I love bringing people on that just speak freely. I mean, you're just, you're like, you're just an open book. You're just, you're, you're willing to share, but you have the experience to reflect on that has got you to where you are. And I really appreciate, appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, Absolutely. I like, it was such a pleasure. Yeah, and, and reconnecting. Um, I've been usually ending all the episodes of just how can people reach you if they, they want to get connected with you or see some of your work? Yeah, so my Instagram is my first and last name, which is N-I-C-O-L-E-J-A-N-U-A-R-I-E. January like the month, but with I-E instead of a Y. Um, our company IG is January 1st, once again, with an IE instead of a Y and one ST. And then our website is www.januaryfirst.com. That's, you know, like when you can obviously like our email is on the website and every kind of way that you can get in touch with us. So please reach out. Don't hesitate. Mm-hmm.